If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Interviews, news, and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Here we go, State of the Nation, Hour 2. I'm Brian McLean, broadcasting live out of Central Texas. I'm here with Steve Hook. He's on the Jersey Shore, and we are very pleased to be with you here for this edition of State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Visit us on the web, tntradio.live is the website. Uh, big shout-out to everybody in the interactive live chat room over there. It's great to see you, great to meet some of the new people over there. We always appreciate it when new people drop into our chat rooms. And we've got chat rooms going all over the place we're streaming live on rumble we're streaming live on the tnt app which is amazing you can watch the show now via the tnt app so they're constantly upgrading that app it's a wonderful app really good and of course on our website the live stream can be found there uh rumble odyssey youtube that's where we're at and of course on all the live streaming and podcast platforms for our episodes once they're done. So if you miss anything here, you can always find it in the episodes link up there at the website or on whatever your favorite podcasting app is. But we want you here live. So thanks for joining us for this live broadcast. Now, um, Steve, I got to throw this one out there. Um, Joe Biden called gold star parents who lost their children in a drone attack last week to offer his condolences and apparently to talk about himself. Um, three U.S. service members were killed um, and 34 were injured. We're not hearing that a lot in the reporting about this. A lot of focus on those that lost their lives. But this was an attack that definitely hurt a lot of people and led to the death of four. Um, eight of those 34 required transport to another location for treatment. The three service members killed in action were all members of the 718th Engineer Company, a reservist unit out of Fort Moore, Georgia, which is Steve's home state. Uh, the Pentagon released the names of the deceased service members. We had Sergeant William Jerome Rivers, 46, out of uh, Car Carrollton. We had um, Specialist Kennedy Ladden Sanders, age 24, out of Waycross, Georgia, and Specialist Breonna Alexandria Moffitt, age 23, out of Savannah, Georgia, all killed. And when um, Biden made the call, he uh, talked about himself, brazenly lied about his son, Bo. Quote, my son spent a year in Iraq. That's how I lost him. End quote. That's what he told sobbing gold star parents. Joe Biden's son, Bo, died of brain cancer at Walter Reed in Bethesda in Maryland in 2015. Joe Biden is not a gold star dad, and I would think that many of our Americans, American veterans here would call this a form of stolen valor, Steve. Well, I'm sure a lot of them would. Uh, you, know, you know, I know that he's falling back on the well. Bo suffered from the uh, from the fire pit burns, and uh, that's what led to his cancer. But when you tell a grieving family that just lost their loving daughter, that that's how my son died too, you are way off the mark. Uh, Bo got out of active service in 2009. He passed away in 2015. Uh, I, I, you know, conversely. Uh, the daughter, uh, in this case, I think this was the, uh, was this Brianna or uh, the other girl? I think it was uh, Kennedy. 
Yeah. Um, she was killed in a strike. Uh, that's that's a lot different. But you know, I know some people say, "Well, he's just trying to be simp or empathetic or whatever." It just comes across as me, me, me. And uh, I can tell you, I know uh, way cross. That's way south, uh, Georgia. Savannah is south too. That's coastal Georgia. Carrollton is west, northwest Georgia. That's out about twenty-five miles east of the Alabama line. So these people were from all these three uh, service members were from all over the state uh, and they were all wiped out. And it took Biden how long to make that call? A long time. Um, I I swear, man, there's not much more I can say other than this is just par for the course for this administration. Yeah, nothing new here with Biden. He's he's spit this story before in a similar manner. KJP will try to cover it up as best as she can. And they move on with uh, his ridiculous statements. It's uh, it's pretty depressing, uh, quite frankly, to see our veterans being uh, shamed that way by the president of the United States. But, you know, this is the same president that did uh, that was behind that Afghanistan pullout, which led to a lot yeah. of death also. So um, are we surprised to Commander see this? Commander-in-chief. No. Yeah, Commander-in-chief. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for another slap in the face, Joe Biden, to America. Hey, are you enjoying listening to TNT? Do you think we're doing a good job? We'd love it if you let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive comment or review? Heck, you can even give me some constructive criticism if you like. You can find us on Facebook, Gab, Gitter, Instagram, Odyssey, YouTube. You name it, we're out there. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk TNT. The latest headlines waiting for you. I follow the news pretty much throughout the day. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Now, imagine being someone who wanted to immigrate illegally to another country. Just imagine yourself in that position. You pack up your Xbox, your weapons that would be illegal where you're going as a non-citizen, your bags of fentanyl pills, maybe your roofie drugs for the humans you plan on trafficking illegally into that country, and you download the app, scan the QR code, download the app, state your intent to come into said country illegally, and you're off to cross the border, fly into a country, take a boat or whatever means of travel, port of entry you can get into, declare yourself an asylum seeker, turn yourself into the authorities, and hey, they'll hand you a brand new iPhone because you may as well just throw this one away on your way in. And they're going to have this app on it, all right? It's called CBP-1. We've talked about the CBP-1 app a few times here. So you get a new iPhone, you get a summons, you get a bus ticket, uh, and it's got this app on it. So what is this CBP-1 app? Is it is it only used to organize the invasion of America? Or is there a potential in that app to put a maybe some sort of digital cage on illegal aliens in the United States? So joining us now to discuss is a former AT&T attorney uh, and the founder and president of Vertical Consultants. He's returning to the show for a second rodeo here. Hugh Odom, welcome back to State of the Nation. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Now, give us your understanding of the CBP-1 app and its intended use to start us off. Sure. The app was mostly put out the last year, and it was, as you mentioned, it was a, a situation by which this app was kind of an entryway for immigrants coming into the southern border. And it was supposed to organize this to allow for port of entry, uh, for them to go through port of entry and be an organized way of consolidating this. However, 
what it's turned into is kind of a digital invite for everyone around the world to come and enter into the United States. The problem being is that the app just allows you to download, as you mentioned, it allows you to set a time and appointment. Think of like going to a restaurant and saying, hey, just buzz me when my table is ready. And that's basically what they do when they get ready to meet you at the port of entry. The problem is, from a lot of perspectives, it's not just immigrants or migrants from Mexico or southern uh, southern countries. It is a situation by which you're seeing nationals or nationals from from Russia, from China, et cetera, getting to use this app as well. And they have an advantage. You know why? Because they don't make the migration up through and travel for hundreds of miles. They fly into areas next to the port of entry. They stay at a hotel. They download the app. They have faster internet, better phones. So on average, they get earlier appointments to get into the country faster than those who've traveled across um, to the southern border from Mexico and, and, and south of that. So it's it's a it's been so messed up with regards to how this the intent of it versus what the application really is doing right now. <laughs> you know, Hugh, I'm reminded of the adage, the path to hell is paved in good intentions. And that's exactly what this was uh, kind of rolled out as well this is the best way this is the orderly way to deal with this uh when i'm just thinking no it's not it's an invitation it's a digital invitation to everybody in the world and if i'm a tin pot dictator in some third world country in south or central america or for that matter africa as you mentioned maybe asia and i'm like you know what i really would like to kind of unburden my taxpayers with all of these prisoners let's just download them the app and send them north that's what's happening too and we've been told that by by countless people that we're not getting the best and the brightest uh i mean i'm sure the best and the brightest are maybe mixed in with the great unwashed but we're getting a lot of prisoners we're getting a lot of people that were in mental institutions addicts murderers rapists whatever you want they're there and we're providing them a digital footprint on uh on on how to do it, it I mean, I, I've said this several times in the last week. Make it make sense to me because none of this makes sense. Well, that's what the app is. One of the intentions of the app, the app is to you're downloading information about yourself so they can check that information with your history. The problem is it's not going very well. There's a bunch of bugs in the app. app amazing. Kind of like Obamacare back years ago. They couldn't get the system up. It crashes all the time because you have an overload on the system. You would think the sophistication we have in the United States, we could develop an app that could control this and handle this. It's a system by which it's not differentiating between those coming from Latin American countries from those coming from the rest of the world. Again, there's an unequal comparison about the percentages getting in. And then you have a situation by there's not a quick transition with, when they get through the border to track those immigrants or migrants coming in as they go out. That is where this needs to take the next step. We have a smart link system, which is supposed to be the tracking system, but it's not in the actual uh, app for uh, the one app. And that's where you let them through. You have this nice procedure to get them through and then they leave. And we need to have a, a situation by which you ha have an app. You apply, you you meet, you see if a situation exists where you can get into the country, and they track you where you, where you can be accountable for the actual asylum hearing, whatever that may be. You know, uh, Hugh, I like what you're what you're leading towards here because this is sort of like a geofencing type of thing that we've seen deployed against Americans. For example, we know, and you very well know, you're very well versed in this technology, the history of this technology, what kind of 
database records are available and you know pings on gps's and this sort of thing they they use that against j6 people they've used that um throughout the world actually uh during protests and things like this we've seen them actually shut people's uh, ability to do social media for example in certain protests um you know which in our country is a violation of uh first amendments one could argue of course you know these are private companies they can do what they want even if they're doing it at the behest of the federal government apparently but we'll set that aside the the what you're saying here is there's an opportunity for us to have better tracking of all the people that have come here that eventually need to be processed in in the legal system for their misdemeanor um criminal offense being here which the border patrol you know uh, <laughs> begrudgingly signs paperwork and sends them on their way um but one of the things that we're hearing is that when people are given their cell phones when they come here that it's become uh, a standard operating procedure to basically take the back off of it and remove the GPS tracker. We've seen uh, reports here on today's news talk about this happening. I think Joe Hoft was speaking with someone about this the other day. So is, is that a, something we can get around uh, with this plan? Well, I think that you can always work, have a workaround technology. There's always going to be a way out. Somebody's going to find a back door. With that situation, if that occurs, that should trigger an alarm and have, a, have that tracking right there. And so you know where in the vicinity where that person is. And so you can, again, find them to some degree. If you want to find a better solution, I think what would happen is, one, everyone has to, if coming to the border right now, has to go through the app one procedure. They have to wait to get in. They can't just cross because right now, if you don't go through app one, you just walk through. You don't even have to have it. Secondly, if you get into the United States, you have a tracking device, but even better, you think about this, we have the ability to go to the doctor uh, via telehealth. Why can't we have a situation by which asylum hearings are held over the internet, held over the smartphone? You determine it right there. You're held right at the border, you have the asylum hearing, you just line them up and you have that discussion right there before they get in. Once they get in, that eliminates the problem of having to track anybody. And if they if they have a situation where they have to go back to court and you let them in, you have that tracking on their on their phone or other device. Yeah, Hugh, what you just said there is so key because uh, <laughs> what, what, what you're basically saying is here's an app. This is going to get you. This is going to kind of fast track you into the country. Oh, and by the way, we're also going to put your hearing dates and stuff and we'll ping you four years down the road when it's time for you to come for your hearing. Um, to answer the question as to why they don't do it at the border right online like that, because that wouldn't achieve their goal. Their goal seems to be flood the country with illegals. And I mean, I don't know how anybody with a straight face can say, no, we're just trying to do the, the compassionate thing here. These people are just looking to better their lives. And then you mentioned the human smuggling, and then you mentioned the fentanyl, and then you mentioned the MS-13, and you mentioned all the other things that are coming in, and they just ignore that. So how is an app, a government app on a government-provided uh, phone to these people, how is that ever going to stop them or, or encourage them to do the right thing when you know when they get that bing for the hearing? That phone... Well, I've been here three and a half years. Time to buy a new phone. That phone goes in the trash that, and they're lost and they're in the interior of the country. And we never know where they are. Isn't that what's really happening here? 
Yeah, I mean, it, you always have to take that risk once again. What you're trying to do is sophisticate the situation by which I think you have to have a network. I mean, you, you talked about before with technology. We as Americans, we're tracked all the time. We, everybody knows where we are. The, the local police know where you are to some extent. They can track you down. You have to have that information flow through the, the lines of communication, both on a national level, a local level, et cetera. And, and that is available. We have great technology out there. For some reason, we're not using it. And one of the most, the most problematic situations we have right now is the immigration coming through the southern border. We have all this technology by which we can track. We track ourselves all the time. I have a tracker on my son, where he is, where to make sure you know he's getting to a certain place. That's just for my safety. We can track people. It's just you have to use the technology, and you're exactly right. There are certain things that we can do with regards to building walls, putting razor wire, things like that, but there's limitations to that. We have the greatest technology on earth. We need to take advantage of that. We're just not doing it. And we have the ability, as I mentioned before, not to even let them in the United States. We can have basically tell a tell a juries right there or tell a judges right there to make determinations and court proceedings before they go in. You can line them up in that procedure. We have the technology to do that. Like you said, it's not, we don't have it. It's do they want to use it? Yeah. Right. So, so Hugh, what I'm hearing from you here is a great suggestion and it does require some political will and some political uh, enforcement, some legal enforcement. You know what I mean? We have all the laws in place to put something like, uh, you know, a plan like this into effect. And you're absolutely right. If we just had, just could nudge the courts and the DHS into actually taking action on this, we could be off to the rodeos and solving this problem much more quickly, I think. Um, Hugh Odom, we're just about out of time. Um, I want to make sure people go to Vertical Consultants. That's where you're at these days. Um, any parting words before we got to let you go? Like I said, this is a great problem, but we have great solutions. We just need to use them. All right. There you well go. Said. Thank you, Hugh. Hugh Odom right here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk TNT. TNT's Pervoy Morich. He details factually how Russia is rolling out the algorithm ghetto, um, you know, the, the, the multipolar edition of the algorithm ghetto, a prototype of a traffic light that records traffic violations by a pedestrian at a crossing was tested in Moscow. So Russians now, they'll, they'll have a, the government will take a snapshot of their face and then run that through the databases to figure out who is who and then find them. Uh, I suppose. Uh, and then, you know, he, he points out that there are a lot of developments now. Moscow 2030, it's, it's uh, they want to make uh, Moscow achieve smart city status. Uh, and there's just, you know, you, you look at the white papers, Moscow and Russia are all in on Agenda 2030, smart cities, algorithm ghetto, digital IDs. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not far-right, just right so far. TheLightPaper.co.uk 
Our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. All right. Welcome back to State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. We're so happy to welcome our next guest. He's the CEO of Sentinel Security Solutions. Boys, say that three times fast. Uh, former DHS advisor, author of the book, Terrorist on the Border and in Our Country, Charles Marino once again joins us, and we're very happy to have him. Hello, Charles. How are you, sir? Good to see you, man. Hey, guys. Good to be with you again. That's good to have you. Listen, um, we've seen the Republicans in the House. Uh, it looks like they're moving, for, they're moving forward with this impeachment of Mayorkas, whether it's good or not, whether anything happens from it. Obviously, it's going to die in the Senate. He's not going to be, he will be impeached in the House, but he will not be prosecuted in the Senate. Um, he's lashing out at this, saying, oh, this is all unjust. Uh, he says, uh, quote, I assure you that your false accusations do not rattle me and do not divert me from the law enforcement and border public service mission to which I have devoted most of my career. I mean, the guy's blowing his own horn here. Meanwhile, you talk to border agents, ICE agents, uh, hell, Texas National Guard, uh, they don't have a damn nice thing to say about Mayorkas. The question to you, though, Charles, is, is this impeachment, is it wise to to follow through with it, um, and 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 what will it do? What, what, what will be achieved? You know, well, like you said, from a policy standpoint, it'll do nothing. The borders will remain open, and we will continue to see the numbers of illegals coming into the country that we've been witnessing for the past three years. What it does, though, is it pins the tail on the donkey, holds somebody accountable. We know this; these are Biden's policies, but Mayorkas, when he took the job, agreed to be the man who was going to carry the water. And for that, he needs to be held accountable. He needs to go down as the first cabinet secretary to be impeached by the House in under in just under 150 years. OK, and uh, and Republicans are going to be able to say, look, this is the man that's been responsible for implement, implementing the dismantling of our border and diminishing our national security in the United States. Yeah, yeah. Charles, many people, many Americans at this point are calling these actions treasonous. We've lost 300,000 people to deadly fentanyl, 400,000 by, by this year's end, probably, if things stay the same instead of get worse. But it is getting worse every day because we're seeing more and more people. And now... The Biden, you, you probably saw Biden uh, standing in front of Marine One uh, day before yesterday saying that he's done everything he can to include his executive powers and he wants more money now. He wants $14.6 billion or some such amount to apply to exactly what, I don't know, I guess more people to process inbounds. I mean, what, what do you make of this? That's exactly right. I mean, you have to look at his budget to know what the administration values. And what they value is they're putting all of their money towards the pro processing of as many illegals in a short amount of time period as they can. And that's why he wants more money. He does want more Border Patrol agents to process, to hold babies, to change diapers, you know, to do all of these administrative tasks associated with processing all these illegals into the country. Look, um, this is criminal what they've been doing. The ICE director uh, just moments ago had to stand before the press 
and uh, and acknowledge how they had to track down an Al Shabaab terrorist who came across the border in Southern California, was released into the country, and this was over a year ago. They just picked him up within the last forty eight hours. I, I mean. This is a danger that all Americans need to wake up and acknowledge. And you've got these sanctuary uh, cities and states that are providing this protective status for all of these illegal migrants as they're beating up cops on the streets of the city of New York to go before judge and quickly be released. I mean, this is anarchy. Yeah, it's even worse than anarchy because it it seems to be, um, and we've mentioned it before on the program, it seems to be the intent. Uh, the intent is just the social upheaval, uh, and the and I I think politically it's stupid. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna lose him the presidency in twenty twenty four. But then again, I don't know if I trust the electoral process anymore. Yeah. So this is the the last four years. Everybody's gotten so cynical. We don't trust our medical experts. We don't trust the border czar uh, to the extent that she's done a damn thing. We don't trust the DHS secretary. We don't trust any. Uh, agency head, uh, Christopher Ray comes to mind. Speaking of which, Charles, Christopher Ray just uh, spoke before subcommittee yesterday and basically said, look, there's red flags everywhere concerning China uh, wreaking havoc by way of hacking into our infrastructure, in, into our water treatment uh, plants, into our uh, electrical grid. And of course, just a month ago, well, was it back in April, I guess it was, when he said he sees red flags everywhere concerning this uh the, the, the this border and since that time what has changed nothing not a thing Charles how do you explain it as someone who is a specialist in security uh how can you ex- explain what is happening from the top I mean we talk about my but it really comes from the uh resolute desk in the oval doesn't it oh absolutely and I'll correct you on one thing something has changed since the FBI director made those remarks about the threat being at one of the highest levels it's ever been especially since 9-11 and that is the encounters of Chinese nationals has actually climbed from 800 percent to 1000 percent so here he is before Congress articulating the threat that China poses to our critical infrastructure here in the U.S. and we continue to allow the percentage of Chinese nationals into the country. It really, it's amazing. And I'll tell you, I've said it from the beginning, everything this president is doing, this Secretary of Homeland Security, undercuts our entire Homeland Security apparatus. Every program, policy, and agency put in place since the attacks of September 11th. Yeah, which makes Ray's comments openly laughable, openly laughable. We lost 2,997 people on on 9-11. We're now looking at 300,000, okay, orders of magnitude, and it's very, very, very much to do with that open southern border. Charles Marino is our guest. We have an inbound headline from the station. We'll pick up right where we left off. CharlesMarino.com is the website. Terrorists on the Border and In Our Country is the book. You can pre-order at Amazon right now. We recommend you get over and do that. It's certainly going to be filled with a lot of expertise and things that you should know. So definitely pick up and pre-order your copy right now. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Big news. Big news. Big news. The biggest breaking news story. Holy crap. TNT Radio News. 
For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg issued an apology regarding the alleged negative impacts of his social media platforms on children. Nigel Farage, the former leader of the Brexit movement, has criticized Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's government for not fulfilling its promises on immigration. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov expressed concerns on Wednesday about the potential threat to Russia's national security posed by NATO's Steadfast Defender 2024 exercise. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Charles, those stats you gave us before the headline here at today's News Talk are really concerning, very concerning. And, you know, we were talking about this, uh, the comments um, by Ray yesterday on the show. And I was thinking, you know, show us that you are at all serious about the China factor. Um, number one, you offshored all of our tech to China. We are the CEO of Raytheon, for goodness sake, has said, hey, this can kneecap uh, Raytheon and it can kneecap our military. All they have to do is invoke some sort of supply chain issue, which we're already under a soft one, and we're going to be kneecapped as a military. And at the same time, as you point out, they've got the southern border wide open. And that number, give me that statistic again. That number is frightening. Yeah, it just recently climbed from an 800% increase in encounters of Chinese nationals entering the country to a 1,000% increase. I mean, these numbers are off the charts, are as all of these numbers. And that's just China. Look, we're seeing 160 different countries be encountered on the border. Many of those are special interest locations where we know terrorist organizations operate out of, and they're being allowed into the country. They're not only being allowed into the country, they're almost being encouraged to come. Well, I mean, we were just talking to Hugh Odom before you came on, Charles, about the CBP-1 app, which is basically just telling people, here's how you do it, here's what you do. Oh, it's a government-provided app, and we make it easy. And yes, it's offered in multiple languages. So if you speak Mandarin, don't sweat it. Get the app. I, I mean, I swear to you, I, I, I know that I said <laughs> I mean, I, my, my, I'm just so exasperated by it because it, yeah. it seems that their goal is the destruction of the United States of America. That's the goal. And I don't know how anybody could see it otherwise. Well, I think Senator Hawley calls it uh, the CBP one app, the a concierge app. And, and he's yeah. right. And, and let's remember that CBP one app encourages illegals to come to the border without the proper documentation to gain entry. Um, and, and here we have the entire globe making their way to the Southwest border and shouting asylum. And that's and it. laughing no at documentation. us. Yeah, no documentation, no proof. We can't even validate their identity as far as children go. The administration, it's port important to remember, stop DNA testing. So now you possibly have children continuing to be trafficked to who knows who within the United States. We spoke about fentanyl. I mean, look at all of the ways that this is impacting the country. And in the, mean, in the meantime, who's, who's making out? The illegals are making out. They're being put up in hotels. They're being paid for their air travel, they're being given money, cell phones, and the cartels are making billions and billions of dollars and have never been wealthier or more, more powerful at any time in their history.
Yeah, and Charles, we just saw this week a report about, um, I don't remember what state it's from, I'm going by memory here, but we were talking about this. There was a report out of one state, there was a court case, a known uh, cartel-related criminal on trial for a crime here in the United States, and his defense is basically, I'm I'm working with the feds. I'm I'm a federal informant. You can't put me in jail. So, you know, that may be somewhat anecdotal, but at the same time, it's on record now that this is this kind of thing uh, is potentially going on and it's affecting legal yeah. cases. So, I mean, some are saying that the federal government is um, supporting and promoting human trafficking and deadly fentanyl coming over the border at this point. And, you know, that, that argument takes a little bit more credence now, wouldn't you say? It sure does. I mean, they're participating in the largest human trafficking and, and drug operation in history, I would argue. Um, and why we aren't treating fentanyl more serious, speaking in China, who's providing all the synthetics, why aren't we going after them more aggressively? But you hear nothing. Look, this administration sanctions the state of Texas harder than they do Iran, harder than they do China. So what do we expect? You've got the House of Representatives just this week that voted against deporting illegals convicted of Social Security fraud, convicted of DUIs, convicted of fleeing from CBP. I, I mean... What in God's name tells Republicans that Democrats are going to negotiate and actually act in good faith on any agreements that they make to tighten up the border, if anyone wants to believe that? Yeah, I don't. I, listen, I, I, Charles, you know what it is. They, they, the Republicans always ta tap dance to the same tune. They say, well, you know, we're not we're, we're we're going to be collegiate. This is a collegiate body. We need to all get along. We need to figure things out. We need to get some by. We are way past that. We are way past that. Yeah. I mean, I can name five families within 30 miles of me that have either lost somebody or came damn close to losing somebody to a fentanyl overdose. And it's not because they're a bunch of druggies either. That's the thing. As, as Hesher was pointing out yeah. earlier, they're, they're counterfeiting drugs that you might get. It's just so bad. And as you said, they're sanctioning Texas more. I mean, you've got these Chinese nationals, thousand percent increase. The CB, the the uh, border patrol agents have told us. We talked to Rodney Scott, and they, they they say the same thing. They say these Chinese guys are pretty easy to spot. It's not because they look Asian. It's because they're all carrying the same backpack. They're all wearing khaki pants. They're all wearing dark blue shirts. It's like they're all coming, almost like an army uniform. One could say, and I don't mean to sound hyperbolic about it, but we are importing a foreign army into this country and the media is ignoring it uh, because we're talking about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, for God's sakes. Um, how close do you think we are to the next 9-11, Charles? Well, I'm very concerned, uh, very concerned that the, 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 all the warning signs are there. Um, you know, the red lights are blinking red. The intelligence is there. The chatter is there. We know that the global community, those that wish to do us harm, know how porous the Southwest border is, how long it's been open for. And look, we we have to be of the assumption that we've already been beat and beat bad. My fear is that the next war, the next terrorist attack um, starts from within. 
Um, you know, um, the American public, we envision, you know, missiles being launched from a foreign country. With the numbers that we're talking about from these countries of concern, uh, it's very realistic that the next war would start first from within the country. Um, that's how badly we've been infiltrated. And as far as terrorist attacks, I mean, look, look how many terrorists it took to carry out the attacks of 9-11. Look at how many people have entered the country already, unvetted, 10 million. By the end of this administration, it's likely going to be 12 million, between 12 million and 15 million. We have no idea who these people are. Let's remember, when we, with the failed withdrawal from Afghanistan, we brought 5,000 people back to the country. The FBI was out the following week trying to track down half of those. Yeah. We had no yeah. idea who was in the country. So it's a big problem. I know the intelligence agencies and federal law enforcement are worried about it. State and locals are as well. Uh, of course, state and locals are under-resourced. And if hometown, if our homeland security begins with hometown security, then we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And, and America knows America realizes that after nine 11, we were uh, bequeathed. We were gifted a Patriot act. We were gifted this never ending NDAA thing where they take away tons and tons of Americans rights. We know all this came in the wake of nine 11 and we know DHS came in the wake of nine 11 under the auspices of protecting the country. And what are they doing? What are they doing? They're using all those powers against us while leaving the border completely open. And if and when something terrible happens, I have zero, zero faith that we'll be told the actual origins of the event, the actual perpetrators of the event. And it is going to be an absolute and utter mess in this country. Mm. And we once again want to recommend that you pick up Charles's new book. It's coming out very soon. Terrorists on the Border and in our country. You can pre-order it, Amazon. Charles, take us out. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much, guys. It's always uh, good to be with you. Always a great conversation. And look, Americans, time to wake up. Uh, be careful who you're electing in office because the priority of the safety and security of the American public may not be a priority for them at all. There you go. Right well, said. well said. Well said and um, well heard. Also, Charles Marino, thank you for joining us. CharlesMarino.com is the website. Again, terrorists on the border and in our country. Available for pre-order now at Amazon and good booksellers. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Last week, the media and the administration celebrated as the United Auto Workers Union president endorsed Joe Biden's re-election campaign. And this choice is clear. Joe Biden bet on the American worker while Donald Trump blamed the American worker. Let me just first say that President Biden is known as the most pro-union president in modern times, right? And this is not a title that he has given himself. Yeah. This is a title that other union, union members and unions have given him. Mm -hmm. And that is because of the work that he's done. Ah, but Karine Jean-Pierre, there's a problem with all of this. On the same day that he made the endorsement, the president of the UAW said this. Look, let me be clear about this. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, yes, some will. Uh, but that's the reality of this. Uh, the majority of our members are going to vote their paychecks. They're going to vote for an economy that works for them. Ha! I guess the media will say the United Auto Workers, 
They just don't know how good they have it. They're too dumb to realize it. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. Sometimes life can be overwhelming, and suicide may seem like the only way to relieve the pain. Beyond Now is an evidence-based app created by Beyond Blue to help you cope when suicidal thoughts start to appear. You can use it to create an easy-to-follow plan that is personal to you and includes steps like know your warning signs so you can act early, make your environment safe by removing harmful items, activities you can do or people you can be with to distract yourself from suicidal thoughts, reminders of things that make you feel strong, some of these steps might be tough to fill out, and that's okay. It can be helpful to make or share your safety plan with a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. You might feel like you're alone, but help is available. If you're worried you can't stay safe, use the red telephone icon to call your emergency contacts. Download the free Beyond Now app today to create your personal safety plan. Critically analyzing national affairs. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. There's been a lot of attention paid to the Supreme Court's upcoming decision on Donald Trump's claim of immunity from prosecution for actions taken while president. A judgment that will have big implications for 2024, certainly, um, in that presidential campaign. And special counsel Jack Smith's indictment of the former president on charges related to January 6th. But there's a sleeping giant of a case also percolating in the Supreme Court that's even more likely than the immunity issue to impact Smith's prosecution of Trump. This case is Joseph W. Fisher versus United States, which the court agreed to hear in December and which doesn't explicitly mention Trump, interestingly enough. At issue is whether the prosecutors and Department of Justice have been improperly using a 2002 law originally aimed at curbing financial crimes to prosecute a J6 defendant named Joseph Fisher. Should the court side with Fisher, it would also call into question the use of the law against other J6 defendants, including John Donald Trump. Joining us now to discuss is J6 attorney and Patriot Freedom Project board member Ed Martin. Ed, welcome back to the program. Now, help us understand this case and the implications it may have on Smith's case yeah. against Trump. Well, and, and and thanks, guys. Great to be back with you. Thanks for all that you do to get the, the truth out there. And especially thank you for your listeners and your viewers who are paying attention to these issues. It makes a big difference in, in all of our uh, battles. You know, it's I tell my, my folks all the time, it's one day at a time, right? You got to make a little progress today. Some days you don't, uh, but you got to keep going forward. So uh, on this 1512, it's very important for uh, people to understand what's going on. Um, this really is a, a linchpin. I, I, I don't want to overstate it, but it's, it's one of the key provisions that allowed everything else to fall into place. What do I mean by that? Well, a lot of the people initially charged after January 6th were charged with misdemeanor, 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 and then a felony. And they're like, oh, lots of felonious conduct, you know, and they didn't have assault on a cop. They didn't have, uh, you know, breaking and entering. They had misdemeanor trespass, misdemeanor uh, uh, being in the wrong place, and then this felony. What was the felony? Because it was used to make it sound like this was hundreds and hundreds of felons, felonious conduct, and they needed to be careful. It was an insurrection. Well, the charge at 1512 was designed after Enron, and it was designed by prosecutors who I think 
think cynically wanted to have a wide open charge that they could use against people when it came to evidence tampering, the integrity of evidence. They were basically saying obstruction of official proceeding is, is when you're using, you're getting rid of evidence when you think you might be the target, when you think you might be in, in, the, in the sights of the government. Well, all the way forward, 20 years later, they're using it against people for walking into the Capitol and then having Mike Pence stop an official proceeding. And they say, that's the official proceeding. It was never meant for that. It, it, it's under witness tampering. It's under evidence that that's where the law was passed. But it was used. And of course, in Washington, D.C., the juries were, were learning, you know, the frontline piece that came out in the last 24 hours uh, showed that the January 6th Select Committee, Liz Cheney's committee, they cynically sold a bill of goods. They they actually admit that it's they made a mini series to try to tell the public what they wanted them to believe, as opposed to what they should have done, which was get all the facts in and say what the heck went on. So fifteen twelve is now up, and the Supreme Court's looking at two aspects of it. One was it charged incorrectly, completely. The second aspect is as important because it has a corruptly requirement, meaning the individual had to be doing conduct corruptly, meaning in to benefit themselves. Well, there's no one that was walking around the Capitol that even if you think they disrupted official proceeding, were corruptly benefiting. It just doesn't fit. And so, you know, I, I, if they knock this out, you, we, I'm on a thread with a bunch of the J6 lawyers. If they knock this out, there's a whole bunch of, of cases that immediately go out the door or turn into a misdemeanor case where there shouldn't be jail time, there shouldn't be extended prison uh, while you're waiting trial because you're fearful of this felon. Uh, and of course, two of Donald Trump's four charges are related to this uh, 1512, and they, they could be knocked out. So we're very optimistic because it's been a terrible, terrible injustice what's gone on for two and a half plus years. Uh, but we'll see. It's still got to go through the system. Well, I'd say this, Ed, if it is knocked out, I could see almost an immediate class action lawsuit by all yeah. these people that are sitting in jail right now. Yeah. I would wager. Now, I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't have a crystal ball here or, or even a magic eight ball. But if I had to guess, I would say uh, your tweets back and forth to other J6 lawyers, I'll bet one name comes up Chief Justice John Roberts. How is John Roberts going to rule yeah. on this? Uh, because he's always the, you know, he's always the, uh, the, the one that you've got to sweat, although yeah, lately, yeah. even even Coney Barrett is kind of disappointed yeah. lately. But what do you think? What do you think your odds yeah. are that this well, is going to get tossed? Uh, uh, first of all, let me let me say something I thought where I thought you were going and, and about this class action or something like it. What I want to know, what I want to know, and I want nobody to stop. I won't stop. Until, I want to know who ordered this. You know, it's the old like the who ordered the code red. Who ordered this? This is not something that could be done by uh, one prosecutor who thought it up. This was a systematic targeting of American citizens, and and the damage is is as you point out, it's it's breathtaking. So I want to know who did. If it was Merrick Garland, I want to know. If it was Susan Monaco or Lisa Monaco, the number two at the Justice Department, big Obama person, Susan Rice, Andrew Weissman, who ordered the fifteen twelve? Because what they did was really damage our country. So that's a that's the first thing. Look, uh, reading the tea leaves on the Supreme Court uh, is very tough, and and I, I share your uh, uh, nervousness about it. I would say this: I think if Roberts gets his hooks into this, it will not be to deny the 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 fifteen twelve. It will be to narrow uh, the the reading of it, right? And to say something that won't be sort of a slam dunk, like knock it all out, uh, but it'll be something like go back. 
back and figure out if there really is uh, applicability in this case. You know, I often tell people, Ali North got out of his case, the Supreme Court, they didn't say he was innocent. They said the DOJ was cheating by using all sorts of testimony that had been offered by uh, Ali North under immunity. And if they could go back and do it right, then they could have at it. I, 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 my gut is actually that you're going to see something like that. Supreme Court says, hey, look, you, you can't do this unless you can show that somebody was actually aware, for example, that they were uh, uh, hoping Mike Pence would disrupt an official proceeding. By the way, guys, understand how big the, the gap is in the law if they allow this to stand. You, the three of us, decide to go to a school board meeting and we laugh too loud. And the board chairman gavels out the meeting. We just committed a 20-year felony disruption of official proceeding. That, that's literally how it could be broadly construed and used against we the people. So, uh, But I worry, uh, I, I think Coney Barrett on this one will be fine. I, so I think we have the votes. But I think there's a there'll be a movement to construe this this narrowly uh, in a way that may be less helpful uh, quickly because I got guys that are sitting in the jails and their families are being torn apart back home, working their tails off with their kids and all. Uh, we need this solved fast and we'll see if we get the right kind of result. Yeah, that would be disturbing to see it get, you know, pushed down to another court for another look while people right. remain in these, in these situations. You know, you mentioned the, 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 the main crux of what they're going to be looking at, right? So was it charged yep. correctly or incorrectly? And the right. second one you mentioned, I find very interesting, um, the idea of the corruption, the, the, the benefit to one's own self. Right. That seems like it would be very difficult to argue for 99% of the, you know, over a thousand yeah. people that are being held right now. Right. You, you have to you have to construe it broadly uh, and say something like, well, the benefit was of the conduct was to you because you wanted the Electoral College vote to be delayed. Right. Or or whatever. And you, so you have to sort of make this. And I, I don't know how you make that a personal benefit, but I, that's what the basically you have to argue is to sort of broaden it out in a way that, again, when the law is so wide, wide open, when it's been so open uh, and so prone in this case to uh, prosecutorial uh, indiscretion and targeting people, you, you've got to hope that the court says, no, no, we've got to narrow this down. You know, guys, I, I've been using this phrase. I want to use it everywhere I can, and your listeners will hear me say it. I use this phrase all the time now. You know, Ronald Reagan popularized the phrase against the Soviets, uh, trust, then verify. And my mine is distrust, then verify. The starting point is they're lying to us. That has to be the starting point because it's now been proven to be too. So you start out saying they're, they're the distrust, they're lying to us. So we cannot allow this kind of law to be so wide open when we know I, I just, look i just found out today guys i just found out today there's a whole set of cameras that cover parts of january 6th that until three months ago the fbi didn't know existed and now they found them and my answer is okay that sucks because what was the select committee doing but it also my in my head I, a bell went off and i said are you kidding me there's a whole bunch of guys going to jail for years they never got a crack at even saying you know did did some did i come through that neighborhood it's on the other side of the cap did I, you know, and, and we don't even know. I mean, this is not America, what's happening. And so, you know, we've got to be really clear that we have a different expectation for the Supreme Court, for our law. And frankly, uh, when I say distrust and verify of our prosecutors, it used to be we all would respect a, a federal FBI agent. We would grow up. We'd say those guys are top of the line. I, I distrust them until they can verify what they say is not a lie. Yeah, well. And who can blame you? I mean, yeah, that, that's right. just it. You know, the whole country, we were talking about it earlier. I mean, everyone's a cynic nowadays. 
nowadays, yep. and for good reason. I right. mean, they, they haven't given right. us reason to believe them. Whether it's uh, whether it's the CDC and and the whole COVID uh, fiasco, whether it's the wide open southern, but whatever. I mean, I can go, I can right. laundry list of things. Yeah. But yeah. Ed, Ed, here's the thing: you, you brought up a good point. Like, who ordered the code red? In this case, it's who ordered the fifteen twelve charge. I guess. And yep. you, I, I, it, I would, I would only posit this: that all those names you mentioned may have all done it. I mean, yeah. Susan Rice. That strikes me as something Susan Rice would do. Sure. Uh, Monaco, absolutely. Merrick Garland, yes. So, right. I mean, how do we ever find out who did it? I mean, who did it? They did it. That's who did it. It's well, that, that that's right. On one level, it doesn't matter who did it in the sense that it's uh, that you know we, we just have to reverse it. We have to stop it. We have to pardon these guys. I mean, if we get a Republican president or any president that has any backbone, they have to pardon these guys immediately. I mean, that's it's not messing around. Uh, this isn't a debate. I'm, I'm not interested in nuances. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I even I when I started out, guys representing some of these 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 men mostly that are in there, I, I said, you know, if somebody hits a cop. I got a problem with that. But you know what? At this point, if you hit a cop because of the situation you were put in, I, I don't want you to hit cops, but I, I understand it differently. And I feel very differently about people doing 10 years, 20 years in jail because of the situation that was so clearly managed by the government uh, and managed by the system so poorly. So, yes, but I, look, I'd say this. I want accountability for this. I want to know when you say um, it, it was all of them, I want to know who. There's a memo. It exists. There's somebody that said th th this is not what lying attorneys do. Even, you know, even at the Department of Justice, where the, the guys that are and gals that are trying these cases are top of their class at big law schools and all that stuff. I know. But that, they're not making this call. This call is made by somebody up the line, the head of the criminal division. Somebody signed off on it. And I want that guy's head on a pike, uh, figuratively, not literally. And I want because we need to have we need to have that accountability to say this can't happen again. This this cannot be done in America. And guys, I'll say one last thing just because I, I feel so strongly about this. I'm a lawyer and I love I love being a lawyer in part because in America, our crown jewels are not like in London where there's actually a crown and there's jewels. Our crown jewels are the constitution and the rule of law and then our system of being together. You know, you can have, you can go to Russia and see the protection for free speech there. It's just that you don't have any teeth in it because the legal system's not serious. Here we're serious. It's about who we are. And the guys and gals that are called to be a part of that in a special way are lawyers. And you could badmouth them. I have too, and I, I like doing that. There's a lot of them that are not worth the, 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 the you know, the, the, their salt, but, the system is honorable. It's real. It's serious. And guys, I I'm watching this happen and I'm looking around and I'm going, where are all the lawyers? Th th they should be saying this is not due process. It's not due process when Liz Cheney spends a million dollars a month and uh, to do a mini series to, to, to not just to persuade America to screw up the jury pool. There's a jury pool here where if you walk in and you say, hey, I'm with the you know, I was at January 6th as a, they, they, they literally think you are part of some armed insurrection. And that's a million dollars a month for 18, 19 months. Liz Cheney did that to us. That's not due process. Where are my brothers and sisters of the bar saying, um, um, yeah, we can't have a system if this is how fast and loose you're playing. They're not there, guys. They're not there. And, I, and if and you I take those cases, I, by the way, you take those cases, by the way, they come after your bar license. They haven't messed with mine yet until probably after this, but that's what they do to people. Yeah. Sorry. Well, you, know, you, you know, Ed, what the old Stephen Wright joke is, 99% of lawyers give the rest of them a bad name. I'm happy yeah, to say right. you're in the 1%.
<laughs> well, thank you. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, Absolutely. but I, but I, but you know, look, if you don't, if you don't, if we don't defend the crown jewels in this country, you know, our constitutional rule of law and the founding values, I mean, the game's over because then it is really just a rigged game. And then if it's just a rigged game, that's easy to picture. The rest of the lots of most of the rest of the world does that, and we, we you know, I, we know our system was always rigged anyway. There was always problems with it, but in general, the system uh, upheld. Look, among the things, guys, I'm sorry, I'm ranting that should happen in the next administration if it's Republicans or. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have to, or whoever we're gonna have to it, cut it off right there all right, Ed, yeah, sorry guys yeah we got it we got to jump in ed we're up against the clock state thank you I so know. much ed martin project patriot patriot freedom project.com is the website this is state of the nation on today's news talk